Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by actors from the San Joaquin Valley. Now, this episode features a mystery short story, Sand Dollar Secrets by Maggie Toussaint, and read by local actor Lee Ratliff. Sand Dollar Secrets by Maggie Toussaint. Sand Dollar Secrets is a companion to Maggie Toussaint's Cleopatra Jones Mysteries, consisting of three full-length books and a novella. In this cozy series, accountant and amateur sleuth Cleopatra Jones follows her head, heart, and the money as she unmasks killers and solves crimes. From the start of the series through its latest installment, Cleo grapples with being on the dating scene after being betrayed by her ex-husband. Her old-fashioned values are hopelessly out of sync with the modern world, and she struggles to balance being a desirable woman with being a daughter and mother to her two teens. This story represents her first weekend away with her new boyfriend. Shadows edged the lacy moonlight on the crushed shell path. A strong ocean breeze rustled through palmettos with enough bite to make me wish I'd worn a sweater over my sundress. My golf pro boyfriend, Rafe Golden, strode beside me, our fingers intertwined, but even that direct link didn't bridge the distance between us. This afternoon, he'd surprised me by flying us to a Georgia coastal island for a weekend getaway. Who knew he could pilot a plane? And where'd the plane come from? He'd shrug off my questions with, I know some people. I should be deliriously happy. There were no teenagers, no mama, and no St. Bernard with insecurity issues, just us. But it wasn't wonderful because he wasn't straight with me. My name is Cleopatra Jones, and I'm an accountant in Maryland. This summer, I started dating again post-divorce. I hoped Rafe was Mr. Wright. But after my now ex-husband's betrayal, honesty was the trait I needed most in a guy. Our steps echoed on the cottage's wooden stairs. Even in this thin light, I noticed something was different. The rocking chairs and ferns were there, but the front door looked barren. Ledbetter's missing. The wooden sea captain statue no longer guarded the door. Rafe's white teeth flashed in the darkness. He didn't get far with two wooden legs. In vain, I prowled the length of the porch hoping for a Ledbetter sighting. We're responsible for your cousin's place while her son's in Atlanta. We should call the police. Rafe leaned against the rail. No one expects you to solve crimes here. This weekend is about us. Torn, I stopped pacing. We should report the theft. Cleo. He held onto the last vowel of my name. At least phone Caitlin and tell her the statue is missing. Rafe shrugged and made the call. Got her voicemail. Leave her a message. You'll abide by her decision. I nodded. I'm holding you to that promise. Rafe left a message and pocketed his phone. He walked toward me, drew me into his arms. I've got my own mystery to solve. Oh? My pulse quickened and sensible concerns faded. I've been wondering all evening 
how this spot on your neck tastes. I summoned my best come-hither smile. Go for it, big guy. Caitlin called on Sunday morning while we enjoyed breakfast on the terrace. Rafe switched the phone to speaker mode, and I listened intently to their greeting. Overhead, birds trilled in the oak canopy. Your guy is missing, Rafe began. Honey, my guy's been missing for years, Caitlin chuckled. If he doesn't find me soon, it's going to be too late. But enough about me. You called about Ledbetter. I'm worried about him. She was silent for a moment. He's a broken man. Rafe laughed, kidding aside. What should we do? Cleo wants to call the cops. Not much help here, Caitlin said. Ledbetter is a party animal thanks to my son. Intrigued, I leaned forward. This happened before? Yeah, the cops will make a report, but Ledbetter wanders home eventually. Who took him? I asked. I don't know, Caitlin chuckled. They're probably a class reunion of 20-somethings, and they've borrowed Ledbetter. Shafts of sunlight dotted the shaded lawn. How did he break? Robbie stopped short with Ledbetter extending out of his moon roof, and Ledbetter snapped at the waist. Good thing I didn't get him re-glued yet, because Robbie dropped him again on Wednesday. Claims he was distracted by a girl jogging by. Broke the statue's nose. I nodded, remembering the lighter area on his carved face. So we shouldn't look for the statue? Nah, said Caitlin. He'll turn up. Y'all relax and enjoy yourselves. Rafe shot me a smug look as he ended the call. Granted, this wasn't life or death, but I wanted to solve the mystery. We'll look for him on the island. He snorted. <laughs> finding Ledbetter will be like finding a buried turtle nest in the dunes. Are you letting a couple of kids beat us? Your kids get the better of us routinely. Charla invites her father over all the time, and Lexi wants you to date her tennis coach. Wishful thinking on their part. They know I'm crazy about you. He covered my hand with his, and I'm crazy about the sexiest accountant in town. Want to beach it this morning and sit poolside this afternoon? After dealing with the IRS, I knew how to negotiate. Sounds good, as long as we cruise the island on the way back. Done. His disarming grin made me think I'd been outmaneuvered. What else did Rafe have up his sleeve? We parked at the old Coast Guard station and strolled to the beach. Billowy clouds sailed the crisp blue sky. Sandpipers chased the ebbing waves at the waterline. Higher up on the beach, sunbathers staked their claims on the sun-kissed sand. In the tide line, I found a perfect sand dollar. Cradling the treasure, I showed it to Rafe. I never find these in one piece. You're my good luck charm. It's beautiful. You're beautiful. The hottest woman on the beach. The old Cleo would have protested the compliment. The new Cleo beamed. You're good for me, I said. He drew me close. Feelings mutual. I could get used to this. Caution shivered through me at the tenderness in his voice. I'd trusted my heart before, and when that trust shattered, so had my self-confidence. Each moment I spent with Rafe, I fell more under his spell. If only he were more open 
He wouldn't talk about his family or the past or how he knew how to fly planes. Every time I probed, I'd hit a brick wall. If he wasn't so reliable and such a great kisser, I'd walk away. Another man's secrets nearly killed me, but I shouldn't judge Rafe by that standard. Later in the parking lot, a blue flash caught my eye. A familiar captain's cap protruded from a passing convertible. I tapped Rafe on the arm. Is that who I think it is? Looks like lead better to me. His pace quickened. Let's follow that car. We hopped in the Jeep, but two families with rafts and small kids crossed before us. Darn, I said. Where'd he go? We cruised Beach Drive and then followed Ocean View to Ibis. No sign of a blue convertible or Leadbetter. With that, we took King's March to Fort Road and returned to our island hideaway. Rafe pulled into the driveway. Sorry, I lost him. I smiled at his regret-tinged voice. Next time. Fruit smoothies and lunch by the pool? Sounds great. After a shrimp dinner and dancing at Clarice's, we strolled the length of the fishing pier. Rafe's arm encircled my shoulder and I leaned into him. This place and this man were special. Why me, I asked. Out of all the women at the golf club, why ask me out? You're nice. My good mood tanked. Nice was for cardigans and cuts of meat. You're pretty, he added. An afterthought. Not that I was vain or anything. I sighed long and slow. At least he hadn't said I was sexy. You're sexy, too. But you knew that. I gulped. Sexy was third in his list of why he dated me? It could have been worse. He could have said convenient or desperate, both of which were true. He kissed my hand. I apologize if I offended you. Moonlight shimmered as the ocean waves lapped under the wooden boards. I'm not good at this, I hedged. Sure you are. Nothing stops the intrepid Cleopatra Jones. Seriously, why me? I told you. You're nice. To my horror, tears blurred my vision. His thumb rubbed across my hand. Nice. As in, you help people. You care about your friends. You hold fast to what's important. The sting washed out of nice. Go on. Nice because you don't flaunt your beauty. Nice because you're so hot. I melt each time I see you. Nice because I can't stop thinking about you. Turning to study the dark sea, I nodded. I'm liking nice. Nice because when you look at me, I feel like the most powerful man in the world. Nice because you're the kind of woman I always wanted. A woman who puts me at ease, who doesn't play games, who doesn't squeeze me like I'm a money machine. I shot him a sidelong glance. You don't think I'm like a cardigan or a hunk of roasted meat? What? Never mind. Nice works for me. My turn. Why'd you pick me? Uh-oh. I could be honest. I should be honest. Your hands. Huh? I hasten to explain. When you touch me, I light up inside. That's never happened before. His hand caressed my bare arm. Very good answer. I shivered in anticipation. You're a caring person. You wouldn't flaunt another woman under my nose. Never. He kissed me under the stars 
and we strolled back to the Jeep. Midway there, Ledbetter cruised by in the blue convertible. His torso rested on the back seat, and his upended feet occupied the left side of the car. An athletic-looking blonde drove the car. I pointed toward the vehicle. There he is again. He doesn't appear any worse for wear, Rafe said. Want to give chase? Nah, I've got plans this evening, intimate plans. Rafe grinned. Cool. We golfed at Sea Oaks on Sunday. I marveled at Rafe's ease on the course and his patience with my lousy game. As he drove the cart from tea to green, Rafe pointed out Ledbetter, cruising by on the service road. He really gets around, I said. I think he has a nose again. Every man needs a nose, Rafe said. Too bad we can't give chase. It's okay. I've accepted that Ledbetter is having an adventure. He has excellent taste in chauffeurs. I glanced at him over my sunglasses. She's a little young for you. A lot young for me. Got a feeling she's Robbie's age. A feeling, you say. Hey, you're good at mysteries. I'm good at women's ages. The missing statue isn't much of a mystery. Not that I'm disappointed. I sized him up. I'm having a great time. You like St. Joe's? Love it. The statue returns Sunday evening. I heard a thud on the porch as I zipped my suitcase. I hurried outside. Sure enough, Ledbetter guarded the door again. A young woman dusted his feet with a cloth. Hello. The buxom blonde brushed off her hands and rose to greet me. Her tanned skin gleamed beneath a white tank, denim shorts, and sneakers. You fixed him, I said. It was the least I could do. The young woman gripped her hands tightly. Robbie dropped the statue when I jogged past him on Wednesday, so Gramps carved Ledbetter a new nose. I drove him around all weekend trying to get his glued-on nose to dry. She peered around me. Is Robbie here? I'd like to speak to him. Rafe emerged with our suitcases. We've got company. The blonde's blue eyes warmed. She extended her hand. Tanya Kessler, my grandfather lives at Hardy Point. Delighted to meet you. They shook hands. Robbie's Uncle Rafe and my girlfriend, Cleo. I looped my arm through Rafe's. Robbie should be back from Atlanta soon. Got your cell phone on you? Rafe asked. Tanya handed her phone to him. Moments later, Rafe had Robbie on her line. I've got someone here who wants to speak with you, cuz. He handed the phone to Tanya and ushered me to the Jeep. That was nice. I buckled my seatbelt. Rafe grinned. Nice? Like a cardigan? Nice. Like a decent person. As the plane lifted off, my gaze lingered on St. Joe's. Ancient oaks covered the land. Sandy beaches fringed the eastern shore. I loved the symmetry of the tides. You could count on that six-hour pattern of rising and falling water. Sure, there were mysteries within a tide. Hard not to be secrets with all that power and might, like Rafe. Power and might covered his secrets. Instead of feeling frustrated by what he didn't share with me, I felt at peace. Being on island time restored me to wholeness like that perfect sand dollar. The man could keep his secrets. After all, I had plenty of my own. Shh. 
Sand Dollar Secrets was produced by Kings River Life. You can learn more about Maggie Toussaint on her website, maggietoussaint.com. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Memley. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. kingsriverlife.com and krlnews.com. We'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier to find for others. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mysteries.